Welcome to the Women Wives Warriors podcast, where we spill the tea and clean it up. From infertility to infidelity, from breaking glass ceilings to uncomfortable waiting seasons, from pop culture to Jesus culture, honey, we tackle it all. So hopefully you're here on purpose, but if not, God makes no mistakes. So get ready to eavesdrop on conversations with celebrities and local heroes as we get intimate about the superpowers they've discovered and the innate champion within every woman. Let's go. Hey Warriors, I'm your host, Dacia James Lewis, and well, this one might stink a little bit for some of us, but growing pains are good, right? In the next two episodes, we are going to dive into the topic of friendship. Yes, saints, it's time. You know why? Because we can be so quick to call people friends without going through the process of learning people and them learning us. And you know what? I blame social media. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because a part of the reason I think we jump to friending people is because of social media. Now, no shade to the networks because they have afforded us the privilege of staying connected to people and even meeting some amazing beings that would have never crossed our paths outside of the social networks. This is a phenomenal thing. Now, the caveat to this is that social media has also misconstrued the concept of friendship. For one, we can seem to think the people that we follow are our actual friends. Are they though? Yeah. And two, we also think liking and commenting is an effective communicating tactic that builds relationships. Is it though? Okay, now three, social media has negated healthy conflict resolution, all because people think a quick unfollow or mute will fix an offended heart. Does it though? Not at all. Now, this is my personal opinion, but I think social media has played a part in crippling our ability to make and maintain healthy friendships. Building interpersonal relationships take work, and social media has in some ways removed the process and journey of friendships. I'll give you an example. I can like and comment on a person's post all day long. That doesn't mean that I know the well-being of that person. Just because I am engaging doesn't mean I am experiencing. And I believe we think that engaging is enough. And honestly, it isn't when it comes down to true friendship. But hey, I don't know. So I'll call the friendship enthusiast to enlighten us on the subject of friendship. Samantha D. Liberal is her name and making friends is her game. She is about to gather the saints. Yes, she is because she got me together on my own podcast. But you'll hear that in part two when we delve a little deeper. But for now, let's start with the basics. Here is best-selling author and journalist, Samantha D. Liberal. All right, let's hop right in because the saints are having a hard time keeping friends out here, okay? The spirit of offense is running rampant in these streets. So Samantha, my thought process is this. If your friends change like your underwear, then you the one with the yeast infection, okay? Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong because you are the expert here, okay? The friendship enthusiast. So we need to hear from you because you're about to help the saints out. I'm so excited. So we'll start here. How did pure friendship and you being the friendship enthusiast come to be my entire life my entire <laughs> life I've always been the go-to friend the person that would mediate I've always wanted to bring people together but one of the main points um or things that made me just value friendship is because I grew up as an only child I'm not the only child now because my mom got married and I have wonderful siblings but I grew up as the only child. So up until like 11, 12 years old, I depended on seeing my siblings at school, which were my friends. Those were my siblings. Mm -hmm. So I valued friendship a little bit different than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, I've always had friendship in my heart, but I didn't know it was a thing and a calling until I started seeing how God was just moving in my life and how much impact friendship actually has on our lives. And so mm. I decided like, you know what, I'm going to do something that really, not really glorifies friendship, but puts it in a position where people understand how important it is to yeah. nurture that type of relationship. So that's why I started Peer Friendships. <laughs> Listen, I love everything about your site. I love your content that you're creating. You're really giving light on peer friendships and how we can sustain or let go if it's time for people, for us to let people go. So um, let's start here. 
how do you define friendship? Like what is a friendship? So um, this is a good question because before I even started uh, this whole movement, um, my thought was, okay, how is this different from a lot of the stuff that's already out there? You know, what is it? I'm like, God, okay, you want me to talk about just friendship? Like, how do you want me to do this? Because, you know, people hit, you know, they hit the topic of friendship, but no one focuses on it. And also there's a lot of like empowerment, you know, stuff, but they're not, they're, they're empowering people for themselves, but they're not mm. showing people how to use that empowerment to bring people together. The Ooh, unity that's piece. Good. So that was one of the reasons um, that I started. And then another difference for me is I wanted to really get away from the whole sisterhood thing. And we can talk about, you know, different organizations and stuff like that. Because when I think of sisterhood, I think of a a, a cause, um, something that we come together for. We might believe in a particular thing in a particular season of our lives. So we come mm-hmm. together and we agree in that, which makes it a little bit different. We can have different sisterhoods, but when it comes to friendship, I feel like this is somebody who can walk through life with you. Yeah. Um, they can they can journey with you in different areas of your life, and it's not a particular thing that bring you bring you guys together. So friendship is number one a covenant. It's a it's a long term relationship. It's not a contract. It's not a contract. It can be transactional, but it's not in the sense of it like, okay, you do something for me and I do something for you. It's really a matter of being able to help iron, like sharpen someone the way that they need to be sharpened throughout their lives. Immediately when you said covenant, I thought of David and Jonathan in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and covenant friendships and what mm-hmm. that means. And the way that you define friendship, it's almost like we need to take a step back and not include everybody in that title. Because when you attach a covenant to friendship, there are expectations there, right? Um, And and we think about, it reminds me, for lack of better words, of blood brothers and sisters, right? Like you you did, there was a sacrifice and it was was transactional and maybe not in the same capacity, but it was a give and a take. And I think sometimes with friendships, you find, you can find yourself giving, 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 and giving, and you don't feel like it, it, you are receiving the same thing. So would you say that we need to separate the word friendship from acquaintances or homies, or is there a way to divide the two or the three, four, five? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think we need to, before we even call somebody a friend, I think we need to go through a process. And I think this is Mm -hmm. something that we deal with as human beings, period. We don't know how to go through processes. And that's why we fail at so many areas of our lives, whether it's financially or in in relationships with, you know, the opposite sex, or we don't know how to take our time. And I feel like when you meet someone, you don't have to immediately call them a friend. Don't get me wrong. God may bless you with somebody and it's a divine spark and you guys hit it off from day one and you just know, I get that. But there are some friendships it had to start off as just a, hey, hello, acquaintance, association. You know, it might have started off as a sisterhood and then it turned into a real friendship. Mm-hmm. You took your time to get there, but you can't just label a friend a friend. You can't just say this is covenant off rip. You literally have to go through a process. You want to get to know that person. You want to see how they give, how you give, how you receive, mm-hmm. how they receive. Mm-hmm. All of these play a part in the relationship. And I think the process is what sustains the friendship. This is what makes us who we are. Because mm-hmm. in the friendship, you learn more and more about yourself because that person is sharpening you and you're sharpening them. But we don't want to go through that process. Oh, no. So, yeah. So it, it, we, we categorize things wrong. So the expectation levels are all over the place. Cause we're expecting, you know, <laughs> BFF stuff from someone we just met yesterday. Come on. You know friend. what I'm saying? You just hit, you just hit follow. You just hit like, and I'm expecting you to come on. It doesn't work like that. You have to build relationships. There's layers and layers and layers to it. And it's so funny. Cause here I am talking about, come on friend. Right. Because that that's <laughs> the thing now, right. We call it. No, no, and that's cool. You can, you know what? I don't even get mad at people because everybody calls me friend. I, I, yeah. I'm used to it because that I, I love to hear it, but I, I, I think we should encourage it. We should say friend, we should say stuff like that, but still in our actions and our thought process, we should be like, okay, 
I'm going to call you friend and I, I'm speaking it into existence because our mm-hmm. words do matter, right? Mm-hmm. So we're speaking the friendship into existence. I do want to build something with you, but I'm also going to keep in the back of my mind that, hey, I, I, I have to do the work. I can't just say friend, 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 and I don't do right. the work. I don't put in the effort. I don't try to get to know you and build. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I thought of a very specific situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listen, y'all might not want to be transparent, but y'all know I'm transparent boots over here. Okay. What about the in association of, right? Because there's sometimes where you can befriend someone who has a group of friends and by default, you'll start considering them all your friends and they're not necessarily your friends. You had a spark and a connection with one person, but God didn't necessarily tell you all four of them are your new friends, right? Mm -hmm. And so what about us getting into situations where we give someone that title um, just because it's in association with, and then we get mad, right? Mm. When they don't meet the expectations or they don't even consider us their friend. How do you deal with that? And and the, um, because we so quick to friend people. We really are. We can be quick to friend people and they're mad, but we didn't, Mm -hmm. like you said, go through the process. So talk about that and how we will just start to gang gang on everybody. So here's my question, because one of, one of the biggest things I like to bring to the forefront when it comes to building friendship is your house, your temple, right? So you might have Susie as your best friend, but Susie has four other friends and she introduced you to those four other friends. Are you going to give them the keys to your house? Mm. Are you gonna let them? Are you gonna let them through the security gates? Hold on, Samantha. Oh, I just, I just, I just want to know because if that's how you're building friendship, then we already have a security issue, right? Come there. on, you know what I'm saying? I don't let anybody into my house, and if Susie can come into my room, that's because Susie has earned that level of closeness to me and access to me that she can come to my house, you know. But there's no way that just because you know Susie, I'm gonna let you in. And just give you a key like that. Now, don't get me wrong. You can meet some amazing people through Susie. And I'm for that. I'm for inter, you know, interacting with other people's friends because that's how God uses us to bring us together. But I think the, again, the process, I'm mm-hmm. not going to listen. I have to get to know you. Maybe I have to go out a few times and I might see you a few times with Susie and we might actually build rapport of some sort. Then I might, you know, say, Hey, okay. We can meet up here or whatever and, and start slowly because what we do is we get people the keys to our house and then we we get we get upset when we get robbed. You get yeah. robbed, you come home, you're everything empty, and you're blaming Susie, you're blaming everybody else. <laughs> you better <laughs> slay some you demons. Gave them the key. You over here slaying demons and you don't even know it, okay? Because <laughs> you just put it, the analogy is perfect. The analogy was dead on. This is how. I am affirming you and your gifting of this, right? Because to be able to relate so that we understand it, that is so profound. Like, do we walk around here giving people the keys to our house or even letting people into our house when we don't know their background, their history, their hurts, their pains? Because you're right, it is a journey. You better break every chain. You better break every <laughs> chain over here. I look, listen, every chain. every chain I'm over here. Like all of my producer, probably like, what the heck are you doing? They said, girl, I had to ask that question. Like, okay. Let me go back up. Wait, let me ask one more regarding this. Okay. What about Susie? We got Susie and Susie has three other friends. And then your relationship with Susie, whose friend is Anne, right. And you and Anne become closer than you and Susie. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had that, that situation happen too. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, you stole my friend, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't believe that you can steal friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't believe it. But some people really get mad, you know, if you become closer with another friend of theirs. How we process this? And <sighs> territorial friends are the scary ones. And I and, and I get it. You love, you love your friends. You want them for yourself. But I think it what it does is it brings out a few insecurities insecurities that we might have that we haven't dealt with. Like, mm. why is it that you think that your friend's friendship with Anne is better? Because you start comparing the two and you start saying, okay, well, maybe she likes her more, or maybe this is, she's better than me, or maybe it's because she's more successful. Or what is it about Anne that you love more than Susie? And it puts us in a place where we start mm. comparing ourselves to the other person, but it's not comparison at all. Like right. the, the reality is, you really should focus on your relationship with Susie 
Come on. And that's it. And and nurture that relationship. Build mm-hmm. on that relationship and, and cherish it for what it is. Because I, I can guarantee you 99.9% of the time, there's something that she gets from, from Susie that she doesn't get from Ann. And there's something she gets from Ann that she doesn't get from Susie. And we got to understand that in our friendships. Like, I'm so secure in my friendships that mm. I know, like, there's certain things that I can't do. Let me give you a, a plain example. Like, I'm not a morning person, right? Mm-hmm. So... There's friends, I have friends that they are just adamant about, you know, waking up and having like business conversations at 5 a.m. I'll get up and pray at 5 a.m. <laughs> I'll do it for the Lord. But after that, you cannot call me 5 a.m., 7 a.m. You cannot call me to have, you know, conversations like that because I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I can't get upset if she decides to talk to Sarah every morning at seven, I have Come friends on. who they couldn't speak to me at 7am, but I found out, okay, every morning she gets up and she talks to Sarah because that's Sarah and her are up at 7am. That's their relationship. And I'm mm-hmm. glad. Whew, thank you for taking that load off my shoulders because I don't want to be responsible for having to be up at 7am to have a certain conversation with you because you're on your way to work or you're on the way to the office and you just need someone to talk to. I'm not the friend for that, mm-hmm. but I'm the one you can slide a message at 11.30 at night because I'm still up. You get Come what I'm saying? Now. But Sarah's sleep. Sarah on Z's. You get <laughs> what I'm saying? Where's Sarah at? Where is Sarah? She ain't here because you need a Samantha that can be mm. here during this time of night. So what we need to do in situations like this is say, what, what does this friendship do for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and what do I bring to the friendship? What makes it unique? We need to start thinking about what makes us unique and why we even have the friendship with this person so that we don't compare it to anybody else's friendship. Mm. Cause that's what starts to bring out those insecurities and it makes us territorial. And you don't want to be that because you want to see your friend move. Like I want my friends to meet people and meet people and, and just build the network and build the legacy of the friendships because you have no idea what your friend can do in meeting other people that might put you in another room mm. that you otherwise would not be in because they're not territorial. Mm. I know I said a lot. <laughs> girl, you said girl, everything. You, I can't even talk. Okay. Because what you're doing over here is the verbiage. You have the verbiage, the language, right? I feel like like therapists, they have the language and the verbiage that you need for healing. Girl, you have the language and the verbiage and the teachings to help us connect better, help us to uh, stay loyal, or even to help us give and receive and forgive. So I'm just excited to have you on here. You are breaking, breaking the chains, girl. Okay. We going to keep it moving here. So some women seem to have a hard time connecting or even taking initiative to speak, you know, in passing. So why do you think that is, does that play into the insecurities that you just uh, talked about? Or what do you think that that is? Okay. It's it's a myriad of things. Um, We can, we can start with insecurities first. Um, I think insecurities will be first the way we were. Uh, whatever we haven't dealt with personally, because we have introverts, we have people who are extroverted and people don't like to be outside or people like to be inside. There's so many different things when it comes to like personality. But I also believe that a lot of it has to do with culture. And and, and if we just kind of like bring it in a little bit, just black women in general, right? Like we have this thing where if you don't speak first, I ain't going to speak. Like you walk into a room and it's like, and it depends where you're from, because I'm 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 from Miami. They, people ain't friendly in Miami. Okay, I know in like up north and other states and other cities. Like I love to go to these places because y'all is just so friendly. But down here in Miami, girl, we walk in the room. It's like you ain't say hi to me, girl. I ain't gonna say hi to you. And it's like you know you. The Bible does say you have to show yourself as a friendly person in order to gain friends. So you can't be like, well, she didn't speak to me first. She didn't say hi first. So I ain't going to say nothing. And we have like this sense of entitlement, like this mean girl type of like, I'm going to walk in here and you're going to see that I'm popular. So you got to say hi to me, but it shouldn't even be like that. And I think that's a huge barrier in how we connect. It gets in the way of us connecting. And um, Mm. on top of that, age has a lot to do with it too. Because what I do find, and this is, you know, something that I'm going to dive more into because I've had a lot of like older women, um, you know, mid forties, um, a little bit older will come, you know, send me messages about, you know, just 
acquiring friends at an older age because they didn't really do it when they were younger and they didn't focus on it when they were in their 20s and their 30s. So now they're like, okay, well, how do I make friends now? But it's like, they feel older. So it's almost like you feel like an adult or a parent. So when you walk into a room, even if the person is younger than you, a couple years younger than you, you feel like you don't want to speak. You feel like you don't have to mm-hmm. say anything, but they have to greet you first. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Like, I think it's a cultural thing, insecurities and also age. But yeah, that's so good. I didn't think about the age aspect, right? Um, because that does play a factor in that. And I think that as women start to, um, kind of grab onto this notion of empowering other women, because that seems to be like a headline these days of us really embracing for our, for us, the culture, right. And even rooting our fellow girlfriend on, I know that Gabrielle Union really, when she had spoken, um, I, maybe it was at essence, I'm not for sure. She really kind of talked about how jealousy and envy was really weighing on her in the industry and how just being free and say, listen, I had to deal with me and my insecurities. And that's why I wasn't speaking. And that's why I was a mean girl. Plus I was getting older. Therefore I was intimidated by the things that I potentially weren't getting because of my age. When at the end of the day, what's for you is for you. So I thought it was such an amazing speech that she had at that luncheon to really start to dissect and delve into this woman on woman thing that we have innately instead of us really embracing each other. And so I think that that's awesome because I didn't think about the age thing um, in addition to the insecurities. So good. Um, I have something that I call the inner courts and the outer courts when it comes mm-hmm. to my friends. The expectations mm-hmm. and the privileges are not the same and there are levels to friendship. So what classifies someone as a best friend? Because it seemed like everybody wanted best friend, especially since that song came out. And my best friend didn't have it's like everybody want a best friend or to be able to call someone their best friend. If there's levels to this with the inner and the outer courts, because I saw you nod. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially when we think about Jesus, right? He had his three, right? And then he had his, okay, come on, you feel me? And so, um, so the levels, what classifies someone as a best friend? You know what? I was going to give another answer, but as you were speaking, I just heard best friends come back. Mm. best friends come back like literally it it doesn't matter what you guys go through it doesn't matter what is put on the forefront best friends come back even Jesus and even when you think about the three people who were around Jesus most of the time even when they strayed away they came back Mm -hmm. and one thing about a best friend is they're going to tell you the truth whether they made the mistake or you made the mistake, they're willing to communicate. They're willing to discuss and they won't judge you. They won't judge you for what you go through, but they'll help you get through it. You know, and I think we have seasonal people that come into our lives. And those are the people that you would find on the outer courts because they, they come in to add whatever seasoning or spices they need to do, to add to your life. But then you have those people who can really transcend time with you and they'll be there with you no matter what. Now, this doesn't mean that the friendship can't end for a season. This doesn't mean that a falling out can't happen because I do believe sometimes God separates us to do a greater thing than brings us back to do something even greater. But I do believe that a, a best friend never really leaves. You know, they never really leave and they're always in your spirit, even if it takes time to come back together, but they never really leave. And that's, that's just what I'm hearing is that they come back, but this is literally someone that you can tell anything to. This is someone who won't judge you in your worst season. They understand when you have a bad day and they won't call you a bad person for it because it was just a day. You know what I mean? Like these are the people who can hold your secrets and still help you get through the process and take you to success. Even though they know some of the grimiest things you've done, the dirtiest things you've done, what you had to get delivered from, like all of that, they're there for you. And they still honor you as a person. They honor you as a person and they honor you for who God has called you to be. Best friends come back. Listen, that's prophetic. That's prophetic. That's mm-hmm. that's on another level. It really yeah. is when you think I, about. I literally just heard. I'm like, yo, they come back. They listen, come back. you're anointed and appointed for this. Okay. <laughs> yes, you anointed are. Best friends oh, come Jesus. back. That is so good. Oh, I just Jesus. want everybody listening to this to just 
digest that for a second because we can tend to be so quick to throw people away, mm-hmm. right? With one thing, even best friends, we will throw mm-hmm. them away. Mm-hmm. But it's about the process, it's about the healing and being able to understand that those type of covenant friends, you cannot throw them away because it's built on something bigger and it's the purpose that you have with God with that person. So good. Mm-hmm. So good, girl. So good. And okay. it's so crazy because I truly believe that there's gonna be so many people listening to this, they need to hear this. They Mm -hmm. need to understand that best friends come back. And there are a few people who have probably lost a few relationships where they're like, Oh, I don't want, I don't need them in my life. no more." God is saying they're coming back Mm -hmm. and you need to start preparing yourself to receive that person back because God is doing a process on them and they're going through that healing process. And I know you don't want them to come back. And I know you're like, I'm done. What's done is done. They said what they said. I said what I said. But if you're listening to this and you know in the back of your mind that a best friend has left you, they're going to come back. And you need to have an open heart to receive them when they come back. I'll just put that there. I'll just put that there because somebody needs to hear it. Girl. Okay. You better. I mean, (laughs) listen, whoever that's for, you better take heed. Okay, mm-hmm. take heed because I felt that in my Shauna now. Like you, you speak it to somebody because it's true. Like we true. are in this season to where it's like in, you know what I mean? And not giving people the grace to make mistakes, mm-hmm. the grace to grow, right? Because we're all growing, we're all learning. And so I think it's important that we um, treat people the way we want to be treated. And if we mess up or if we fall short of someone else's expectation, we will want that grace, right? And then yeah. what is God doing to you to prepare you to receive? Because yeah. there's the element of holding grudges. There's the element of unforgiveness. There's so many things. And then being able to identify, oh, it wasn't necessarily what that person did, but she triggered something deeper or some type of traumatic event that you know might've happened. So I think that it's important um, to allow the grace for them to come back because mm-hmm. that to me is the test, right? It's a hmm. test. Mm. It is. And I can almost guarantee you, even if they were wrong, there was something that you could have learned in the situation. Mm-hmm. There's something that you could have taken away, whether you moved too quickly or you, you, you know, you told them something that they weren't ready to hear. Cause some of us talk a lot. We talk too much. You know, we, <laughs> we, we, we don't know how to, we don't know how to tell whether our friends have the capacity to know certain things. And it's not mm. a bad thing, but you have to steward information. You have to make sure you make the best judgment in your friendships. And sometimes we make the mistake and we open up a door that allows those people to do things to us that might hurt us. Mm-hmm. So either way on both ends, God is sharpening both people. Mm-hmm. There's something for you to learn and there's something for them to learn in the process mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Whether you know it or not. Yeah. So good. So many people. Okay. So you said some, some of them friends coming back. Some of, some of them, Samantha are coming back. Some, not all, not all, but many people will keep this title of best friend because they've known someone since grade school or college when the relationship has really run its course. Mm. over time. So this notion of keeping someone with that same title, knowing that that they have not met the same capacity. What do you say? You'd be like, you're not my best friend no more. You know what I mean? Because now you're, or, or is it that is it that season thing? Because it could be to where someone is now occupying that space that a best friend would would usually, because what's going on, what you have going on in common with the person. Yeah. Um, what did you do with your exes and people that ain't your husband or that's that you're not married to? Like you didn't stay, you didn't like keep them in that position. You kept living life. So I think mm-hmm. if you continue to grow, cause what happens is you don't want to settle to the point where you start not being yourself because mm-hmm. the only time you start to really realize like, uh, this person isn't the, they're not really the best friend that they need to be in my life right now. And because I'm, I'm headed here and they're like, they're still in grade school or they're still back in the city or back in the hood where we used to do the same old things. How yeah. is that person evolving? Is that person evolving with you? Now, if they're evolving with you and you guys still have a great relationship, yeah, they could still be a best friend. But the only time you would really consider the person not to be your best friend is if your spirits aren't in alignment and y'all don't agree with certain things. Because in order for you guys to walk together, y'all have to have 
uh, you have to agree and you have to ask yourself, am I settling? Am I, am I putting my stuff on the back burner? Am I, am I not fulfilling my purpose? Like I need to, because if you're holding on to that friend, most likely you're not doing what you need to do as far as purpose. Because the minute mm. you start to do purpose, the minute you start to do what God tells you to do, they're going to fall off. They're going to mm. fall off. Mm. They're, they're, they're going to fall off or they're going to like go into their own, you know, they're going to go in their own direction because they can't keep up with what you're doing. So naturally, mm. because I've had friends that were my best friends when I was in grade school, but I kind of like, I, grew, I outgrew, I outgrew those relationships and you just don't wear those clothes anymore once you outgrow them. Now, if you're trying mm-hmm. to fit in them same pants from elementary school, I can see why you a little tight. I can see why you a little uncomfortable because right. you're trying to wear something that doesn't fit anymore. Right, now, if it fits, right. it fits. But yeah. yeah. Girl, you better have these analogies that just make it plain and clear for us. Like real clear, it's real there. clear. The Bible says wear people like loose clothing. And I don't think people really like catch that. It <laughs> says that wear people like loose clothing because... Literally, once it's time to take those clothes, you don't want to be so attached that mm. you can't move on. So just you got to take it off. Dang, girl. Come on. Okay. Sometimes as friends, we can keep count though, right? And when I say keep count, it's like, if I don't call you, it's interesting. Oh. You don't call me. Um, You know, like there are some friends that feel like they hold up the friendship. Oh, I see you shake, moving and shake. What what I do? What I do? What I do? Girl, you in my, you in my head. I literally, as I was, you know, getting my little face ready for this, I had a whole conversation with myself about this. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, come on. What what you got got in your spirit? What you got in your spirit? My, My whole thing is you ain't busy enough. That's number one. And the thing is, most of the people that have something to say about whether or not you called them first, they didn't call you either. Hmm. And that's the thing. You don't want to call somebody. And the first thing you talk about is who called who and who didn't call who. Because the reality is if we're mature and we're adults and we know we're both busy, we're both living, we're living life and we're doing our best to keep up and keep up balance, right? You should really be focusing in your friendship on calling someone to say, Hey, you know what? I miss you. We haven't talked in so long, girl, let's catch up, you know, or like, let's talk, let's talk. Hey, I miss you. Let's get, sometimes we have to schedule certain, you know, chats with some of my friends because we live in different time zones. Like it's just, you know, you have to become mature. And if you find yourself saying, well, she didn't call me, so I'm not going to call her. You're really, you're you're sabotaging the friendship. Mm -hmm. You're sabotaging the friendship and you're not being mature about it because the reality is if you're busy enough, you'll realize how hectic life can be. And you'll appreciate those friends that you can call and have a conversation like, you pick up where you left off, like nothing, like no time. That's real friendship. Like we, we can't keep count. We really can't. And I know I like friendship is high maintenance, but it's not high maintenance in that sense. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We got to maintain our friendships in terms of like the intellectuals, communication and stuff like that. But when it comes to keeping in contact, we should never feel like, okay, well, I got to call you every at a certain time or mm-hmm. give you this amount of attention because it's an it's it's an insecurity issue as well. You know, yeah. you should be able to get on the phone and focus on the positives. You should okay. focus on the positives when it comes to communicating with your friends like that. Like that that's not that's not a good thing. That's not a good okay. thing. Okay, okay, saints, y'all see. So we're we are supposed to focus on the positive and yeah. not take count. Don't take count. But wait. but go ahead, wait. go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Wait, wait. Now, let me say this, because when somebody calls me and they say, you didn't call me and I ask them, well, when's the last time you called me? And they can't tell me when they called me either. We can, we can flat out be like, okay, now let's, let's, let's start. Let's start over. How, 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 how are you doing? Since, since I didn't call you and you didn't call me and you feel the need to, to blame me when it's really the both of us, we shouldn't even have this conversation. Let's start over. Let's see. Let, let's catch up. That's now, so good. That's so good. Now. If I've been blowing up your phone, mm. I've texted you a few times, mm. you've ignored my text, you've ignored my phone calls, you've ignored, my, you know, uh, ignored me on social media. If I tried to meet, reach you on social media, now that's a conversation we need to have. You mm. can start counting when they start ignoring you. <laughs> start counting. Matter of fact, that, let's write that down. Start counting when they start ignoring you. Because honestly, I'm going to send you about three texts. 
in a span of like maybe a month or two, or maybe even I might, I might give you three months. Listen. I might, if, if you're going through po- postpartum or something, I might give you three months. Right. But after three months, I'm, I, I don't count it and I'm good. You get what I'm saying? Yes. When, when you call me, we're going to have that conversation about how you really, how you ignored me when I tried to contact you. Cause I've had friends ghost me. I've had that happen in the mm. past where people didn't know how to communicate and it's a conversation we need to have. But now if, if nobody ignored you and you didn't call and they didn't call and nobody ignored anybody, y'all can be adults and move on and catch up. But, but, but you did say if they ghost in you though, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like a three strikes you out. I'm trying to help the saints out because, you know, it, you, we got to educate ourselves over here. We got to be realistic, too, because some yeah, people yeah. do be ghosting. And unfortunately, you do have the Instagram will tell you if they read or if they seen or they saw the message. So we be in a fence because we called or text them. and But we see they on Instagram posting and posting and posting, whatever. But you said three months. OK, over, over a three month span, if you hitting somebody up and then they don't respond to you, you can basically dust your hands from that friendship and say you tried. I'm just asking an expert. I'm just asking. Uh, now, see, now you said dust your hands, dust your hands for everybody look different. Dust your <laughs> hand like I'm gonna I'm, I'm go in there like this. Dust your hand might be like, I'm going to sip my tea. Dust your hand might. We got to define dust your hands. Now, I ain't going to tell you. I'm crying <laughs> over here. I am crying over here. Because I'm not going to tell you to dust your hand. And y'all going to interpret that how y'all want to. No, you can you can dust your hands in terms of like, you know what? I've put enough energy into this situation. I've given this enough grace. So it's, it's no longer a priority on my priority list. It's no longer there. I'm just going to let it go to the side. If it, if it dwindles, it dwindles. But... If this person comes back to have a conversation, you be frank and you be very assertive about what happened and ask the questions that are necessary. And you make a decision on whether or not this person is worthy of another chance to move forward and giving giving it another shot. But I'm not telling you to go block them. I'm not telling you to send any hate speech or any messages to kind of wrap it up without a conversation. I do believe a conversation needs to be had at some point, Mm -hmm. but... Don't don't go throwing hands and, and get you know Twitter fingers real quick. You know what I'm saying? We we love we got Twitter fingers where we I done counted three oh months. No, no, just chill. Now listen, have grace. I didn't hit my you thing up. is shift. Yeah, shift your perspective, shift the priority, focus on the friendship that you do have, the people who are answering you. Say that again. Mm-hmm. Focus say, on the say, friendship that you do have and the mm-hmm. people who are answering you and giving you the attention. Yes, shift the priority. And what was the first first one you said? Shift the perspective. Perspective. Ooh, I knew it was another P. Okay, shift the perspective. They might be going through something. They might be going through something that you can understand that we don't at a know. later date. Yeah. Right, right, right. I can see that from a testimonial aspect. When okay. I was going through the season of infertility and miscarriage, I, mm-hmm. I did not have the capacity to hold everyone else up like mm-hmm. I usually would because I was already at my wit's end, right? And so in that, during that time, um, I can honestly say that I was offended. Like here mm-hmm. I am feeling like, yo, I didn't, I'm holding up everybody else. I'm praying for everybody else. You know what I mean? I'm calling and checking on everybody else and I'm in my absolute darkest hour and my phone don't ring for like weeks or months. And yeah. um what I had to shift my perspective on is that if I didn't give them the information of what was happening, then I can't hold them accountable to what they don't right. know. Because right. if I would have shared that information, they probably would have called me every hour on the hour. Yeah. And you know, you know what I mean? And so sometimes yeah, yeah, we can yeah. get in our own head about things when we are not being honest and transparent with people to allow them to be there for us, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I sympathize with you because I went through the exact same thing with miscarriages and infertility. Mm. And I remember first response, and this was even before I was, I even knew I was a friendship enthusiast. I, my first response was to go on Facebook and I wrote this like back in 2011, I wrote, uh, you know, how I was just upset that no one checked on me and like my mm-hmm. friends, you know, and, you know, I had lost my baby and I was really distraught because I felt like friends should have been there. But then I realized afterwards, because one of my friends called me, she was like, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I've never experienced that. And I didn't know how to, what to say, but, you know, she did reach out, but I guess I didn't get the, the reaching out that I wanted or that mm-hmm. I felt it should have been. 
but she did reach out. She did what she thought she could do. Mm-hmm. And I think it opened my eyes when she called me. I was like, man, you posted that on Facebook and it really hurt my feelings because I felt like I tried to be there the best that I can, but Ooh. you went on Facebook and act like you ain't have no friends. You know Listen. what I'm saying? And so it showed me like, you know what? I didn't even tell her what I was really going through. I didn't even, I didn't have a moment to, you know, really express what I needed, you know? And so I couldn't hold her accountable for something that Mm. she didn't understand. So Mm. I get what you're saying. Like communication is everything. Like people ain't going to read minds. And if you're an adult, everybody's not, they're not going to check on you every five minutes because we're adult. We expect that you're living and you're doing okay. Right. And I think that that situation and, um, you know, I love to hear other women women who really speak about that journey because it is a very yeah. uncomfortable journey and we have very. to be transparent even with fertility and miscarriage, et cetera, et cetera, because it, it can be a very painful and dark place. Um, yes. But another, another aspect of that uh, loss or grief is like mm-hmm. people don't know how to process that for other people. Yeah. And so you send your condolences or, you know what I mean? You say that I'm mm-hmm. praying for you and your family. And that could be another element where people feel alone and they, because we don't really understand that. And then there's this, this other um, element that we're just doing what we're taught. We're just taught to say, send our condolences. We're just taught instead of identifying that our friends are not okay. Like we do need to, to check in, even if it's just to Mm -hmm. sit on the phone with them or, you know what I mean? Or watch a movie with them, you know, and not necessarily talk about what they're going through, but just being there can be the Mm -hmm. thing that we have to be able to, um, notice like how yeah. can i be there and even ask the question how how can i help you how can yeah. i be of service to you i really and being transparent and honest like i really don't know what you're dealing with i don't know what you need from me can you tell me what you need from me so that i can give you what you need mm-hmm. if you need anything cuz you might not need anything right right yeah and a lot yeah. of people aren't selfless like that too and that's another part of friendship that we need to understand is like friendship is being selfless where you can say you know what this season, my friend needs me, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I need to be there for them. I saw this post on, um, it's my bless someone. I saw this post like on a, it was a reel or something where this lady was going through a divorce and she had just had a baby. And she's like, how am I going to, you know, take care of this ba- baby? I'm going through a divorce. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Her friend flew in from another country and stayed with her for about three months, left her husband and her children. I don't know who's going to do that, but <laughs> left, her husband, left her husband and her kids to come help her friend, you know, nurse her baby and all that stuff for the first three months. Wow. And, and, she, and, and, the, and the, the, the reel went viral. And it's like, that is an act of friendship. It really, really is. When you think about David and Jonathan, it, it's really like that. Like, I'm going to, despite what my father said, despite how my father feels about you, he wants you dead. But you know what? I heard God and I'm going to, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to protect you however I can. And that's really what friendship is it, like friendship is like you're laying your life on the line for someone else. Mm. So, you know, before you call someone BFF, you got to ask yourself, am I willing to be there for this person? If something happens, you know, am mm. I going to pick up at the drop of, the, of a dime to be there? Like, will mm. I catch the flight? <laughs> will mm. I hop on a flight? Will I take the drive? You know, whatever I got to do to be there for that person. And that's mm. what friendship is. Is there a difference mm-hmm. then between a ride or die friend? Because we use that a Ooh, lot. Tam. Tam. I, I don't like that term at all. Like I want to live and I want a journey. Like I don't want to, I don't want to ride and die. The ride or like, die. I really don't. Because the thing about riding and dying is that people they like they want you to join their mission, you know, to, to do whatever it is they're doing at the expense of possibly dying in the process. Mm. You know, it's like I want to do this. And I'm going to, I'm going to ride or die and do this with you. And sometimes I'll get you killed, even though it'll kill me as well. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. No, listen, I'll get you killed in the process. Let's go ride or die. You know, we both going to die. Let's do it. We going in. And and, and the reason I like the ride or die mentality, like it literally reminds me of like back in the days where, uh, you know, I would club and do all these things. And I tried drugs and it's like, you, you want to fit in. It's like a, like you want to 
do what people are doing, like the impression and the impact that riding and dying has on people really causes them to die, like mm. ride and die. Mm. And, and, and I don't like the term because it puts you in situations where you start, you know, losing your morals and your values. And you start doing wow. things that really isn't in alignment with what God is, you know, has us on, on earth for, you know what I'm saying? But live, I want to live and I want a journey. That's mm. the type of friendships that I want, you know? Um, so saints, we gotta, we gotta stop saying ride or die friends. I am one of those. I say it all the time. I'd be like, that's my ride or die. That's my ride. But you're right. I want to live and I want a journey with my friend. Okay. And language is important. So thank you for clarifying that and giving us the wisdom on how to classify our friends yeah. and they are not ride or dies. Okay. Doesn't uh, it sound better like living and journey? Come on. It, like. it sounds amazing. I told you, you have the verbiage and you have the link. You have been anointed and appointed for such a time as this to set the saints, <laughs> the captives free. Like we need to be set free, honey, today, because you are given light and love and insight to a very um, poignant subject. Let's just talk about that. It's, it's very very poignant, very relevant. And there is this misconstrued uh, notion when we add the following aspect and the friend aspect of social media and the social networks. So we tend to take this thing called friendship for granted, or we take it lightly and we allow people into our circles that don't necessarily deserve that. So I'm appreciative that you are giving language and I'm learning like we not saying ride or die no more hand up. I, I'm done. Okay. And if y'all catch me, check me and say Samantha, the expert. Okay. She told us we can't say that no more. Okay. Your book, Friendship Pill of the Day. Can you tell us more about this devotional and how it will help us in our journey of friendship? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, I absolutely love this, that God just, you know, God will give you some things and, and he just expounds later. And then you kind of like see how it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, So I started doing Friendship Pillar today about three years ago. It was like the first thing I would do. I literally would just come online and do one minute videos and give a friendship pill of the day, which is something, a pill you got to swallow. Mm. It's not tasteful. It's not, it's not, it's not always sweet. It's medicine. We don't like to take pills. I know a lot of people that say they don't like taking pills, but friendship pill of the day is like, okay, what can you take today to better your friendships? Mm. And I later found out through doing, you know, reading my word and, and getting closer to the God that, the word commandment means authoritative prescription. This is like God, God gives you these, these are the prescriptions that I'm giving you. Mm. And I need you to take these prescriptions because it's going to purify your heart. It's going to purify mm. your life and the way you, you interact and do relationships with people. Wow. So friendship pill of the day, which this is the book, y'all. I love it. Yes. Friendship it's pill beautiful. of the day. It's so colorful. It is a... It's the prescriptions that you can take to better your friendships. And it literally says on here, it says today's date, you're the patient. The address is your heart and it's daily prescriptions for developing better friendships. Mm. And so it's not like I write a lot. I'm a writer. Like my page on Facebook, the friendship enthusiast on Facebook, like I, I write. And so people love it. And so what I did with this is I took the pills and I put them in word form and the Lord also had me put symptoms in here. So you'll have the pill, but you'll also get the symptoms. So it's going to be things in there that tells you, okay, for instance, like the first pill in here says, let me go to it so I can kind of like give so you cool. so I can see, um, friendship, the effort is sold separately. That's the first pill. And then it'll tell you the symptoms, which is like emptiness, uh, surface level interactions. You don't know what your friend has going on. You feel as though they aren't your friend. Like these are the things that you're going to feel that makes you feel like you're, you're like not in a friendship. And so after the symptoms, it gives you instructions how to take the pill. Okay. It gives you instructions how to take it. Take this pill with initiative, love, positivity, have an honest conversation about how much you want to be there for your friend, X, Y, Z. And then there's a word cure. Mm. The word cure is the actual Bible verse or text that supports the pill and why you should take it. So good. You have your checkup and you have everything in here. So it's literally like your mini little checkup thing to just get your, just your mind and your heart right for friendships. And I feel like you can just pop this open and just read one a day and it just will make life better. What an amazing concept. 
Okay. And so I think that that's a very cool way to understand it, to give insight so that we can grow in it. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the Fair Friendship Act in the book? Like explain what the Fair Friendship (laughs) Act is. Because I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, friend. You over here tell us we need to be fair when they ain't being fair to us. Okay. So explain to the saints, what is the Fair Friendship Act and why you got us over here doing it? Okay. Listen, you know what's great? The Fair Friendship Act is not in here. Okay. I literally, it literally just came through and it's like, I literally post the stuff and if I hear it, I type it. And Mm. I literally felt like I was lobbying for friendships. Like I'm a, I'm a lobbyist. I'm lobbying for pure friendships. And there's certain things that I feel need to be legalized. Okay. We need to legalize some of these things y'all doing. Like y'all can't just ghost people. You can't just uh-huh. not have a conversation. You can't just do certain things in your friendship. And I feel like the Fair Friendship Friendship Act would nullify like all of those issues that we deal with in our friendships. Almost like the the you know friend commandments, but more so of an act where we all can agree and petition that you should not do this. We should do this. We should do this. Like the okay. legal, <laughs> the legal way to to, to have listen. A so Come I just said, I was like, like yo, it's beautiful. I think that that is something that you should definitely expand on um, okay. because I, it caught my eye immediately. I was like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and again, God given, because um, I was on your Instagram. And, and um, so what most people don't know is that um, p- when people send us messages or, you know, or say, hey, we love your podcast. Some of them, some of y'all so bold, y'all be like, yo, I think you need to put this person on your show. And so Samantha came in from a guest, I mean, from a, um, a listener who I guess follows you on Instagram was like, you need to have her on your show to talk about friendship. Y'all haven't talked about friendship yet. And so, um, shout out to Ebony, uh, who was like, get her on your show. Okay. So that's why we got you on the show. So when I saw the fair friend act and I was looking, um, the fair friendship act, and I was looking at your page, I was like, first off, who is she? And why is she telling us that we need to be (laughs) over here as well, lobbying for friendships, not only for ourselves, for, for everyone around us. And so I think that is so cool. And you should continue to give us the wisdom and the nuggets when it comes down to the fair friendship act. I really FFA, like we just think that's what it is. Come I think on. continue Come to on. press forward to that. Cause it was so great. It was so great. Okay. So now let's talk about it. When does one, when we think about betrayal, it's like this is going to be part two, y'all. Okay. Cause now I'm going to get into betrayal and forgiveness and just those hurt places um, as we roll on out of this interview. And you know, we're going to have you back, girl. Um, but when does one walk away? Because we talked about, you know, best friends coming back or seasonal friendships. When does one truly walk away and say that it's not worth it? I hope y'all enjoy this episode on friendship. Yes, I know I'm wrong for cutting it off right there. But listen, we'll be back next week as we go deeper into this topic, touching on the importance of forgiveness. And listen, she gonna talk about mutant and unfollowing the saints. Y'all know we need to talk about that. But until then, don't forget to like. And if you are an avid podcaster like myself, be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you are a real one, go ahead and join our private Facebook group for prayer and accountability. At the end of the day, say see ya. I'm signing off. Be bold, be brave, and most importantly, be you. Thank you.